Chapter 7 A Friend Both New and Old We all live in a house on fire. No fire department to call. No way out, just the upstairs window to look out of while the fire burns the house down with us trapped, locked in it. Tennessee Williams, the milk train doesn't stop here anymore. Welcome, brave traveler, to Salandrian, a city steeped in murder, mystery, and madness. Stagnation and complacency have run rampant and something monstrous churns behind the dark. A group of private investigators are the only thing that stands in the way of injustice and despair. Let us join them now for another exciting episode of The Beholder's Eye! One, two, one, two, three, four. early on a Tuesday morning. Barry, Chirp, and Lazy are all sitting around the reception area talking to Penny, who's sitting behind the reception desk. The three of you basically just kind of shooting the shit, talking about current local events, things like that, and you hear a uh, couple of footsteps outside the door right before it opens, and entering into the room is a somewhat taller man. The first thing you notice about him is that he's got very large horns. He's got dark purplish ram horns that curve out from his temples and purple hair that is almost the same hue as his horns. His skin is a dark brown and his eyes are silver and pupilless. All three of you notice immediately that he is one of the most beautiful people you've ever seen, despite him being a tiefling. You look pretty cute for a devil. (laughs) (laughs) Um, He's wearing a set of leather hide armor, and it looks to be homemade, self-tailored. It's nothing very fancy. Seems to be pretty practical. He's carrying a normal looking uh, quarter staff. I admire the staff. I look for like stains. <laughs> Ooh, so nice staff. As, as you enter Damaros, you kind of look around and you see these three detectives sitting <laughs> in the reception area and uh, you see Private a eye. halfling woman standing behind the counter of this reception area. And as you enter, she's the first one to greet you. And she says, oh, well, hello. What what can we do for you today? This is the Beholder's Eye. I'm, I'm sure you know that seeing our sign outside, but can we help you find something? Um, or do you need you need information on something? We're a detective agency. What can we do for you? I love Penny's introduction. <laughs> <laughs> so Damros looks... Uh pretty frustrated, but he does his best to still be polite to the receptionist. He says, God, I hope so. Um, nobody else wants to help me find out what happened. Can you, well, please? Why don't you, uh, we've got 
three lovely investigators I right here. I started walking like closer to the front to okay. where Penny is. You want to go? Kind yeah, of yeah I in. rush up as well. I'm excited to help. <laughs> I pour another beer first before. I help anyone, <laughs> anywhere. As uh, Lazy and Chirp are kind of crowding up on the back of you, <laughs> wanting to hear your story, Penny says, well, we've, well, I see they... They've come to help already. Our investigators here can help you with anything that you need. Why don't we go ahead and get you set up uh, in one of our interview rooms? And she comes around the side of the reception desk and takes your hand and says, come on, dear. And she opens the door behind the reception area and leads you through a hallway down a couple of turns. I'm assuming everybody's following. Yeah. Oh, yes. She leads you into a pretty sparse room. All that's really in this room is one large mirrored window and a table with four chairs sitting around it. She beckons you inside and asks you to sit and says, Okay, so I'm going to go back out, guys. You three can take it from here. We've got it. All right, thank you. Yes, ma'am. She, uh, one last time before she leaves, she turns to you, Damaros, and says, Trust me, you're in very capable hands here. Probably the most capable in the, uh, room the agency <laughs> i look at penny and i say thank you penny have a nice day of course and she gives you a nice wink as she she leaves uh she also never looked at barry that entire time <laughs> <laughs> so damaris's mood has instantly changed uh he's not used to being listened to uh he's used to being shunned and he's a little touch starved so just having somebody reach out and like hold his hand for the 30 seconds it took to lead him to the room is like just changed his day entirely Nice. I'd say you guys probably want to start asking questions why she's Yeah, I take uh, Damaros um, and grab on his shoulder and guide him to a seat and say, what can we help you with? Uh, yeah, so he turns the charm on. He's He's got an audience now and he loves telling stories. So he, he sets the scene and he goes, two days ago, I was sleeping dead of night and I awake to this strange smell and... It takes me a second to recognize it, but it's definitely smoke. And I run out of my shelter and I can see that a ways off in the distance, the smoke is billowing. And as I get closer, I find that a whole section of my forest, about 200 feet of it, has been burnt and no vegetation is left. It is entirely cleared of vegetation. And there's this weird altar in the center of the of the circle and there are several woodland creatures that have been almost ritualistically sacrificed in the center of this burnt clearing well only you can prevent forest fires (laughs) (laughs) well that's my job I am. I am the protector of this forest. This is my responsibility. This is why he's here. Barry, I wish that I had put Aldalar in this room just to smack you upside the head when you said that. (laughs) (laughs) So it sounds like uh, Damaros, you know, woke up to a pretty serious fire in the woods. Did it take you two days to get to town, Damaros? No, I have spent two days trying to find somebody who will give me the time of day and help me without looking at me as if I did this myself. Well, I'm interested. I'd like to help you and protect the forest. Thank you so much. (laughs) Well, the forest is gone already. And I reach over and smack Barry. (laughs) (laughs) Protecting? 
He takes your hands and just looks at you with these eyes that have not looked at another person who has taken him seriously in probably about half a decade. I blush. Oh, right. <laughs> I'm jealous. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Oh, do you have any evidence of... You did steal my character voice, Michelle. <laughs> I, I already told the man about that. Oh, God. Uh, oh, shit. Okay, do you have any idea of who might have done this to your forest? Uh, <laughs> I wish you could have seen the face you made after that. <laughs> it was good. It was good. You did good. He, he thinks for a moment... And uh, he says, I don't know anyone personally who would do this because I, I don't have uh, any friends or really enemies anymore. Well, it was obviously some kind of uh, ritual. I'm going to roll yeah. for insight to see if Damaros is telling the truth about not him known. not okay. destroying the forest. Okay. Oh, All you're right. suspicious. Damaros is definitely telling the truth. I mean, everything so far that he's told you is the truth as far as Oh, you get to it. do her skills? I know the character's well. not lying, so... <laughs> uh, it's, it's, I mean, she I mean, doesn't want to be She's not really anyway. trying to deceive yeah. either. Yeah. He continues to say that uh, he does remember seeing some footprints uh, entering... How big were they? He thinks, and uh, he holds up his hands to describe a set of footprints that look like they were about dwarf shape and then he uh he expands them a little bit to make them look about human or half elf shaped <laughs> huh that's very that clarifies it thank mm. you so uh, can we just uh sorry we're just so distracted by your beauty right now normally we are much better detectives than this <laughs> I like that that makes damaros blush he uh he's not been flattered like this in a very long time. <laughs> yeah, they get pretty flirty sometimes. How many sets of footprints were there? There were definitely three sets entering the clearing, and then on the other side of the clearing, probably exiting the clearing, there were the same three sets, but then there was this strange set of tracks like nothing I had ever seen before. And oh. I've seen a lot of animal tracks, yeah. but it started, it started where the altar was and then left with the other three tracks. It's probably pretty good that you, got, uh. you came to us because sand people walk uh, three by three to master numbers. They, <laughs> excuse me, so do you suspect that something was conjured in this place? Based on the tracks, I mean, it's possible, yeah. but uh, that's that's definitely not my area of expertise. I'm a, well. How about my my fellow detectives here? How's it going? Oh, that's great. I really want to go see these tracks. Well, what yeah, how long ago and, was this? Well, the, did you say that the open eye was being suspicious? They were trying to resurrect some sort of old life. Oh, are we? Is that related they were dwarves. to dwarves? Yeah. So I mean, the, yeah, the dwarves and, and humans, all human-like. They're a very accepting crew, actually. You know, they... <laughs> don't. <laughs> yeah, they don't discriminate as long as you're willing to give up your life. <laughs> and your hair. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so have you messed with the evidence at all? Can we go look at it? Should we? Oh, I want to... Yeah. So he hesitates and he, uh, he says, I, I didn't touch anything. Yes, the site is exactly as it was. And at this point, I'm going to use an insight check. 
That is a 21 to insight. Uh, uh, I am going to choose not to combat that. You can just have it. Okay. All right. That's, uh, do you know uh, what kind of uh, manner of damage the uh, animals you found were in? Was it like uh, slashing? Did you find cuts on them? Uh, burns. So uh, his tail starts to swish nervously and he sort of wrings his hands for a moment. And then out of his pocket, he pulls one of the animal skulls. This animal skull is charred very deeply. I'm going to look at it and I'm going to say this animal skull looks like it's been charred very deeply. <laughs> do you want to do you want to make a investigation check to see if you could tell anything more about it? A medicine check? <laughs> no, it'd be an investigation at this point. I mean, yeah. you can't save. It's the pretty skull. dead. Yeah. <laughs> That's 5. Oh, I'll do an investigation. I'm doing check. an investigation <laughs> check. Uh, 14. I'm I'm reciting Hamlet as I'm holding this skull. Oh, Michelle. I rolled a nat one. I don't even see a skull. <laughs> so, uh, I was so taken by Damaros. And I'm like, what, what are you showing us? What skull? It should be or not be. Um, William Shakespeare does not exist in this universe. Sorry, Wes. And I'm writing it right now. You're right. <laughs> I don't know who the fuck you're talking about but hey guys buried. I just had this really cool idea yeah <laughs> they'll probably use the same the same story like a hundred times over throughout the rest of history yeah chirp you're looking at this skull as your two associates apparently just have no fucking Michelle idea goes like, well, uh, she really Mary, liked my performance Barry realizes that it's burnt <laughs> and Michelle just can't stop or uh, lazy just can't stop staring at damn neuros <laughs> <laughs> but chirp as you're as you're looking at the skull you can see that not only has this thing been burned but there is some sort of acidic burn on it as well mm. um so not only was it burning but it was like being eaten away by something at the same time gross or uh Swifty. <laughs> oh no, where's Swifty? He's not uh, much of an arson, though. Uh, yeah, but he likes to burn make things. Make a acid. Arcana check for me. Chirp. That's valid. That is a eight. An eight. It seems more magical than organic in nature. All right, I tell my detective friends about it. Oh whoa, there's a skull here. Uh, <laughs> uh, yes, Lazy is a very surprised by the skull. Uh, uh, God. That's what she could be a valley girl. We're going to have to start streaming someday because that face you made was just precious. <laughs> After inspecting the skull, though, between the three of you, you can tell that it's definitely been burned and melted a bit by some sort of magical means, not just like an organic fire. As the three of you are sitting there, Penny enters the room and she says, um, Dam Damaros, there, there are some men here and they said that you're not allowed in the city. We can help you with that, but I'm gonna need to know what happened. She motions for Damaros to come with her and she says, we're, we're gonna need to go in the other room for a minute. Can you come with me? Uh, yeah, so Damaros, uh, his tail starts swishing again. Okay. But he does follow. Okay. Um, hey, when you get back, Penny, can you bring me a beer? As 
the door is closing. Penny pops her head back in and she's like, shut the fuck up, Barry. (laughs) (laughs) Just slams the door really quick. Uh, And she, all three of you can tell she looks a little panicked. You've never really seen that side of Penny. Like she's usually pretty composed and with it. Uh, So Penny leads Damaros back to her own personal office and Damaros as you enter Penny's office you can see that every single surface in this office other than the top of her desk is just books basically to the point where there's not even bookshelves it's just books upon books upon books upon books and it looks like if you were to go up and pull one out the whole stack would still stay there, even the book directly above it, because of how like tightly like Jenga. packed there. Yeah, exactly. They're all just perfectly <laughs> stacked together so that she was able to economize the space in her office to the point where it's just all books, basically. And there's enough space for her desk, a chair, and a, you know her chair behind the desk. She has you sit down, and she sits behind the desk, and she says, "Okay, so these two men are from that are out in our reception are from the." City Watch, um, they say that your family has heard that you're back in Salandrian and they, they want you to leave, but we've also got word from your uncle that he would like you to come see him before. I mean, as you know, he's a very wealthy merchant and we happen to have a little bit of dirt on him. Um, Aldalaren, I, he, he's, his name has come up a lot in some of the investigations that we've been doing on our own because we've been seeing some very disturbing connections. But I'm actually wondering, I think that with the connections that we do have, we may be able to get your exile revoked. But what I'm going to need you to do is we're going to send you and the investigators to your uncle to see what he wants we need you to basically see if he has any connection with what is going on in the underground of this city there there are some very dark magics being practiced and we need to know if he's he's a part of it so damaros is uh, wringing his tail in his hands okay damaros does does ask though uh which which uncle I have I have a very large family of wealthy merchants. Yes, exactly. Uh, Penny says, "Oh, it is Sevos. He's the one that sells rare artifacts down in the merchant district. Um, he's been seen with some people from a few. Uh, how should I say? This is a bit delicate. Death cults recently. We know from our own investigation that his his business dealings have been." going south in recent years and just within the last six months or so they seem to have taken a miraculous turn and his fortunes have almost setupled overnight we don't i don't know if he's involved in all this i i just i will send our our, our investigators with you to help in case there's any trouble but just see what he wants come back let me know i want you to keep this somewhat quiet from them i'll i'll explain a little bit to them when we go back okay so damaros looks genuinely shocked by this information he says as he rings his tail he says sebos Sepos was my favorite uncle when I was a child. I just, I don't see how he could be connected with any of this. But uh, I'd, I'd love to go see him. Where, where is he? Oh, he, uh, the, the men from the City Watch said that he, um, he can be found in his shop right now, um, which is down in the Merchant District. Uh, it, it hasn't moved 
since he built it, you know. So I'm, I'm sure you can find it. And our investigators know their way around the city pretty well. So I, I doubt you'll have any problems there. All right, let's go. All right. So uh, she leads you back to the interview room um, where Chirp, Lazy, and Barry Barry's are waiting. not in the room. What? Oh, do you left? Yeah. Okay. So Chirp and Lazy are there. And as soon as she walks in, she looks around real quick and says, where the fuck is Barry? And then I walk in with a beer. <laughs> she turns around slowly <laughs> to look at you and slaps the fucking beer out of your hand. And she, sa- and she grabs you and she says, God damn it, Barry, for what's in your fucking life, we need to be serious right now. Get in here and pulls you into the room. I stand in silence. <laughs> <laughs> Do you serenade uh, your lost beer? I might be humming. Maybe not quite silence. Yeah. After Penny's somewhat violent outburst towards Barry, uh, she turns to you, Damros, and says, I'm, I'm truly sorry for that, dear. That was a bit uncharacteristic of me. Now, um... Penny, are you okay? Well, there's two men from the city watch sitting in our reception, and... We deal with the guards all the time. Yes, but we also have a man who's been exiled that we're also trying... What's this exile? You. How do you get exiled from this city? Yeah, because we've done some shit, Penny. What the fuck have you <laughs> well, been doing, that's Damaros? not up to me to say. That's if... Damaros is just, like, twirling the end of his tail around his hands and just wringing it. That's so cute. And, uh... <laughs> and, <laughs> and he's just... He's, he's turning a bright blush. He's a full-body blusher, and you can just see it getting to, like, the tips of his ears and down to, like, his collarbones that are visible. And uh, he's just... He doesn't say anything. He is just wringing his tail. You shouldn't do that in public. That's going to get you kicked out just as easy as everything else. <laughs> well, I don't think that Damaros wants to share that information with you. And like I said, it's not my place. So what are we going to do with this exile guy? We're going to help him is what we're going to do. All right, Penny, you stay here. No, you shut your mouth, Barry. <laughs> this is what's going to happen. <laughs> Damaros visibly cringes at being called exile guy, um, <laughs> but he, he he is sort of used to that treatment. But uh, he he goes from being well received to then being called exile guy, and you can just see a flash of disappointment on his face. No, I should have like said exile hung or something. Don't worry <laughs> about Penny; she's being a bitch. We'll uh, we'll get you figured out. Can we wreck on that? What's that? Exile hunk. Uh, exile ex- hunk, yeah. yeah exile guy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you do. You work I'll the cut magic. That out, yeah. Oh wow. <laughs> sure. His blush intensifies. <laughs> <laughs> so Petty says, "Okay, this is how it's gonna work. We're gonna get this man unexiled. I think we see a way, and no one deserves exile. You all know that. No, everybody just. I mean, wants Swifty's to be loved. not here, so you all know that. You're all good people." <laughs> Don't forget, I read your files. <laughs> and she says, you are going to go down to the merchant district with him. You're going to go meet with his uncle. His uncle thinks that he sees a way for Damaros to be able to come back to his family. Now, I will warn you so when you walk in, you're not shocked. Damaros here is from a dwarven family. Oh, uh, so it's all right. We're used to dwarven rejects. We got Boris on our crew most of the time. It's fine. I just, I can understand <laughs> from her being a tiefling. Some people <laughs> tend to have the belief that tieflings come from tieflings and tieflings you, yeah. can come from any family. Well, I'm an orphan, so I don't care about that. You're an orphan too? 
Boris, how long have you known me? My name's not fucking Boris. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> How long have you known me? (laughs) Obviously not long. (laughs) At least I didn't call you Wes. Apparently we need to reacquaint. But she says, I just, I don't want any of you to do anything that might offend him and hurt this man's chances of being allowed back into the city. Offend the dwarf? Yes. The the tifling? The twifling? This is a very sensitive situation. This is a man who has been exiled from this city, which does not happen very often. Penny, and you've read my papers? You've read yes. my papers, Penny? Yes. You'd realize that my persuasion and deception is fucking <laughs> off the charts, all right? I'm talking plus 11s, all right? I got this. Penny slaps you. <laughs> Barry? Barry? God damn it. Penny, you're losing it. It's like, okay, go back to your office. The big... The B, your A team has it. Look. I just want to get the city watch nowhere near what we're doing, okay? Yeah, yeah, totally. We've got a few things happening that we are very keep sensitive, and we Barry do not need their eyes around. Under here. control, I promise. Yeah. Barry, I'll do my best. Self under control. Thank you be, for being a mature adult. Yeah. I'm the youngest one here. Don't we have a disguise here? kit here, though? <laughs> yeah. Um, so she she basically is like, okay, you can resume whatever this man needs. As soon as you go down and talk to his uncle, okay? Can you do that? Damaros, how would you like to be in disguise for this? Welcome, loyal listener, to Inside the Player's Studio with your host and Dungeon Master, Andrew. Hey everybody, it's your DM, Andrew. Today I am joined by our amazing special guest, Amanda. She played Damaros Roshun, and uh, we loved having her. It was an amazing experience. I'm, I'm so glad you could join us. I've got a few questions here for you, if you don't mind. Um, yeah, thanks for having me. Oh, yeah. No. Oh, I mean, we were honestly all really nervous about having a guest on for, for the first time, and honestly, you made it a dream experience. We couldn't have asked for a better first-time guest. <laughs> <laughs> I was nervous about being on, so I'm glad that it worked out. All right. So uh, what first got you into D&D, and um, what is kind of your experience level with D&D? Uh, so uh, I actually sort of stumbled into it. Um, I crashed my brother's Star Wars RPG group. He and his friends had managed to gather nice. enough people that were available at the same time in the same place uh, to start playing. And so I, uh, I got in on the ground floor with them. And so we were playing Edge of the Empire as our main campaign. And that was about two and a half years ago. Oh, wow. Yeah. And... Um, about two years ago, we decided to start playing D&D 5th edition, 5th edition as like a side, just to give us a bit of a break from Star Wars yeah. and to test out D&D. Because um, a few of us had played like one or two sessions, but most of us hadn't had a chance to play at all. Uh, and so I think in all, because that didn't last very long, our DM um, wasn't able to make it to all the sessions. So we ended up just going back to Edge of the Empire. I think I've played a total of maybe four sessions, including yesterday's oh wow okay <laughs> or this, yeah this 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 podcast i think i've played about four sessions of D proper oh wow yeah um 
but I mean, that is yeah. kind of the nature of D and D groups. Sometimes is is not being able to get together very often is part of the reason why we put this podcast together. So we'd all have like kind of be forced to have a reason to do it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah. So my, what do you my, like about playing D and D? I like that it's collaborative storytelling. So uh, it's a fun exercise in sort of improv and not being married to your ideas and just seeing the genius that your friends have as well. Like you come up with these ideas and these plot twists that just wouldn't happen if you were coming up with the story by yourself. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you on that. I mean, one of the most fun parts as as being a DM is seeing, you know, laying the foundation for something and then seeing where they take it. Cause nine times out of 10, you, you know, they're not going to do exactly what you were hoping that they would. And you have to yeah. change lanes. <laughs> and um, when so we're DMing, I, we always joke about them messing up what we had planned, but really they usually make it 10 times better than whatever you hadn't intended anyway. Oh yeah. I mean, um, there's a moment in uh, this episode that, I definitely did not have planned and it, <laughs> it probably ended up being one of the best moments of this episode. Um, I don't want to spoil good moment. it though. <laughs> uh, do you, when you're playing now, do you, do you prefer to DM or do you like to be a player? I think I'm more comfortable being a player, um, but I have enjoyed DMing as well. I am writing a campaign right now. Um, I tend to make my ideas a little too big, so I have somebody <laughs> that I bounce ideas off of who tries to like downsize it. Um, so the one that I'm writing right now, I'm trying to plot it as just sort of like a five episode sort of campaign where it's not an ongoing one. Uh, there will be an end in sight yeah. and seeing if that sort of keeps me on track, but I'm definitely um, more comfortable being a player. Yeah. Yeah. It's, for me, I've just, I've spent so much time being the DM that I've just grown to love it so much. I play in a couple of online groups and, and love being a player, but it's, I don't know, my main passion is definitely DMing. Um, well, so, it's, it's good. I know that with our DM, uh, he often feels like he's taken up the role because nobody else is willing to do it. So he feels a little backed in a corner that way. So it's nice to have other players come and be DMs to let you out of that. But it's great if you love it that much. Oh, yeah. I mean, for us, it started off with uh, with Wes, who plays Barry, uh, DMing. And he just kind of was doing a random campaign, make it up as you go. And after playing for a few sessions, I was like, I want to check this DMing thing out and just immediately fell in love with it. I've always loved coming up with story ideas and worlds and things like that. So it, it just, it really fit for me. But uh, uh, nice. with that, we're going to go ahead and take a break. We're going to come back with the second half of this interview in the next episode. Um, and that will be our fun, goofy kind of questions. <laughs> uh, so... <laughs> Join us next time for second half of this interview. Damaros, how would you like to be in disguise for this? In in disguise? And he sort of looks at himself like, how could you possibly disguise a five foot eleven tiefling? <laughs> I got skills. Yeah. Well, we're just gonna put your horns over here and do your hair like that. And have a little bit of <laughs> pizzazz. Makeover montage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he he looks at her and he looks back at himself and he goes, uh, "I, uh, you're you're the expert." All right, I give it a go. She actually is. <laughs> 
She really just wants to touch you. <laughs> 17? So with the 17, you're actually... Uh, you, it's you hard do, to hide that beauty. You do what you can, and the whole time you're just very <laughs> excited that you're getting to touch Damaros. <laughs> what what kind of touching are we talking about? Uh, just light, like guiding, like here, help help I'm move your tail yeah, around I'm here. I'm maneuvering your like hair around your horns, disguise. Do I see like, this? Like, like pulling a hood up, and like you guys go, you you have uh, Barry and Chirp go get like an old cloak from the closet, and like put that over, and like <laughs> over Damaros. Some like concealer and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I just like this idea of this like montage of the three like like lazy like pulls her hair back like let's get to work <laughs> and just like starts you chirp go get me this Barry go get me that it's like we've got work to do oh man so chirp says uh, when we're dead oh we couldn't hide those beautiful eyes <laughs> as the four of you leave Penny says, okay, I will talk to the guards, let them know that the four of you are leaving, and I'm going to need you to get back here as soon as you can, though, because they're not leaving until you do. And sorry, what does Damaros oh, look sorry. like at this point? Uh, so Damaros, after your uh, little bit of a transformation here, they've put a nice cloak on you. They, Lazy has kind of showed you a way to wrap your tail up around your body so that it's it's more hidden and has done your hair in such a way that it kind of obscures your horns i'm thinking like uh johnny bravo pompadour oh okay yeah (laughs) oh yeah so with the the, like brings all the long hair from the back forward and kind of wraps it around the horns to cover them up yeah and this the tip of this uh pompadour is sticking out from the the cloak hood <laughs> other than that though i mean this cloak obscures most of your body and you're you're able to just kind of look like a can i a somehow Johnny have Bravo. Her, like a little shorter yeah yeah she uses some of her uh gin magics <laughs> to uh make it seem like so basically when people look at you you'll seem a little bit shorter as long as you're with Chef. lazy like and next to lazy. she likes short guys there we go okay so lazy actually <laughs> makes herself appear a bit taller yep. and that as long as you're standing next to her helps hide you so as the four of you leave penny comes out with you and she starts talking to these two guards and you see two dwarven men with big black bushy beards they look almost identical and the one on the left says are you keeping him here and uh, penny says I, I talk yes we're going to we're going to leave him back in the interview room we'll keep him under lock and key we won't let him out into the city uh our four investigators here are going to go and talk to the uncle okay is that okay with you boys and the two guards are like mm, yes okay yes yes that was easy yeah, no deception roll required. Yeah, I was really looking forward to what. Ba- can we like retcon a Barry conversation with that? Is he a Barry? Can we try to convince uh, him? Hey, Take pass. two. Yeah. Pass. That's fine. I don't give a shit. <laughs> okay, no, so no, no. Uh, let's move on. Yeah, move yeah, on. no, we should move on. Goodbye, Penny. Thank you so much yeah. for being bright. moment. Bye, Barry. Through gritted teeth, the four of you make your way to the market district. Entering the market district, Damaros, everything starts to flood back to you from your youth. Uh, You spent a lot of time in the market district as a child. Your family 
as a wealthy dwarven merchant family, had a bit of influence in the merchant district and... Is he related to Boris? No. I would say maybe like distant, distant, possible like married cousins. Cousin, oh, like fifteenth cousins, <laughs> which is pretty much all the dwarves in the city. Yeah, like like if he hadn't been exiled, he might have been invited to the same wedding as Boris once, but he was exiled, exactly. so he wasn't there. That's good. <laughs> I mean, it's been about sixteen years, fifteen to sixteen years since you were exiled, and. The merchant district has changed a lot in that time, but you're still able to recognize familiar landmarks that never change. And you start to lead the group deeper into the merchant district, immediately knowing where you're going. Because in your youth, you spent a lot of time at Sevos's shop. Him being your favorite uncle, you love to sit in his shop and look at the, the ancient and mysterious curios that he found from all over the place that he sold to people as magical trinkets when they did something weird or just something rare and hard to find when they didn't. Those are really cool stories you're telling us, <laughs> As I No, I doubt that she'd, <laughs> he'd relay any of this to you, guys. Okay. This is all just kind silence. of flooding back to Damaros as, as you guys get closer. Right as you come to Sevos's shop, you see that the only thing that has changed in 15 years is the sign over the door where it used to sit, read Sevos's rare and exclusive goods. It now reads eyes only. He's gone like, through a bit of a rebranding. The recently. word eyes or the letter I like I no the the word eyes like e y e. There's a lot going on for Damaris right now, and I think that he would just instinctually walk through the door. Does he notice the sign change? Uh, roll me a perception check. Uh, sure. Second, it's a sixteen. You notice that the sign is new, but you don't notice uh, what it says. You're more dis okay. Damaris is more distracted by not seeing this perception. place in so long. You are still looking at Damaros' <laughs> ass. You, so you are just... <laughs> you are also trying to keep up with Damaros, uh, whose pace had quickened a little bit yeah. coming into this place. You're very flush, right? Uh, Chirp and Barry, you want to also make me a, a perception check real quick? 21. 21 and... I was just taken in the sense of... Okay. Uh, He's doing nothing. Yeah, you're not paying attention. <laughs> Chirp, you actually, as you guys, as Damaros and Lazy get right up to the door, you notice that this storefront has does not look like it's changed much, but the sign above the door, you notice, is much newer than yeah. anything else around. Like, it looks only to be maybe a year or two old. All right, I follow them inside. All right, uh, Damaros? Lazy just doesn't notice anything because she's imagining what his ass looks like through the cloak, <laughs> even though she can't actually see it. Pretty much. I like the idea of Lazy <laughs> contemplating what the ass looks like with a tail. I doubt you got any look at it. So like, how does that well, work? I moved that tail around and I'm she just like- She got a pretty good look at it. Yeah, like, I'm just like, like, like working it out yeah, in your brain. I'm just watching it sway. Like, <laughs> as it's like strutting to the shop. <laughs> Damaros and Lazy, oh. as you, you enter the shop, you can see, Damaros, you immediately recognize the man standing behind the counter at the far end of the room. He's a bit older than the last time you saw him. Although for a dwarf, 15 years can be not that long 
he looks like he's aged at least a hundred in that time. He appears to be an old man, even though you know he'd only be around maybe 150 years old, if that, by this point. As soon as you enter, he looks up from what he was doing and says, Can I help you? Do we recognize him from the um, last encounter with dwarves we had? No. Was he there in any way? No, he actually... Okay, so, Lazy, as you enter, you notice that this man is a bit rotund for a dwarf, a little bit fatter. He uh, he has a very deep chestnut beard. Okay, good. And curly, short-cropped hair. He's got a scar, a very somewhat fresh scar going down the side next to his, eye, uh, his right eye. And he seems a little out of sorts. Damaros, you you noticed that the shop that you used to hang out in as a child has changed a lot over the years. And what seems to be the most recent addition is a couple of glass cases that have books laid out in them. And each of the books have a different name on them and they appear to be names of different gods with the way that it's being displayed. You don't pay too much mind to that though, as you go up to the counter and Sevo says, do I, wait a minute, is it you, Damaros? Damaros takes his cloak out and uh, tousles his hair loose so his horns come out again, uh, but he leaves his tail up because that was a very difficult process to get his tail <laughs> wrapped up underneath the cloak. So he leaves that as it is uh, and he goes, uh, yeah, Uncle Uncle Sapos, it's been a while and he gives him sort of a nervous smile because he doesn't know what his reception is going to be like. Sevo says, it's so good to see you after all these years. You you don't know what it's been like in the city these past 15 years. This, the family's gotten a, well, I don't know if they really like me anymore. Um, after you left, I had a very prosperous six or seven years. I sold a lot of goods and, and things were very well. But around eight years ago, I my business started to take a bit of a dip. I held on as long as I could, but I had to make some deals with some very, um, bad people. Not, not the, not one of the families, but a new sect, I guess you would say, that has come into town. And they've, they've helped me out a lot. They, they've got me back on the right path. And I think that they can help us bring you back into the city and, and get you reaccepted by the rest of the family. I think we might be able to prove that, that you didn't start that fire all those years ago. All those years ago? Hmm. Uh, and now he he looks up real uh, quick and peeks over her shoulder and says, Who, who's your your friends? As he sees Chirp and Barry. Hey, know, I'm Barry Scaleweaver with uh, Beholder's Eye. Uh, we're here to help your... Uh, Barry uh, barrels in front of everybody. Yeah. Hey, uh, that's an interesting name you got here. <laughs> uh, any affiliation with the Church of the Open Eye? Yeah. Uh, well, loosely, um, they are one of the people in our network, yes. Oh, uh, one of the, the, the groups in our network, yes. Oh, that's cool. Uh, that's just a quick question. We're, we're really here to help your nephew out. Oh, good, yes. Yeah, we're on the same page on that. Perfect, perfect. So who started the fire many years ago? Well, I, 
I don't know, but I I know that the the people that I'm working with they they have informa- ways of gathering information from the past that um n- nobody else really has. Yeah, cold so, case files, man. This is sweet. Exactly. Okay, but no, Damaros. Um, I'm going to need you to. Damaros help me. looks very excited. Sorry, Damaros looks very excited to be um welcomed back by his uncle. But as everybody else barrels forward to get more information out of Sevos, Damaros just sort of sinks to the back and starts looking around the shop a little bit. Sevos, uh, he's a little nervous about this, and he says, "Okay, so what I'm gonna need is that um the people I work with." They have a problem with something that's going on outside of the city walls, and I'm supposed to meet a contact tonight. We were going to go out to the woods and f- and see why their operations are not going as they want them to out there. Um, so what I'm going to need you to do is to go and meet this contact for me because I'm, I just, I can't, okay? I've got something else that I must do, and... With you coming back into town, Damaros, this is the perfect opportunity to get you brought into the fold and under the protection of my friends. Can you, can you help me with this? Damaros is very excited about this prospect, and uh, he he picks Sevos up in a in a hug and uh, and squeezes him tight and says, "Any anything you need, anything for you, Uncle Sevos. Um, I'm sure that whatever you've done." is what needed to be done and yes i will go i will go meet your contact perfect you guys want to do right. anything do we want to go with him you guys uh, i believe we're an escort company now so uh let's escort. We'll just tag along okay do you guys want to go back to the beholder's eye and let penny know what's going on or are you no. just gonna no. go penny, fuck penny okay penny so she knows we're on a job yeah sevos gives you the de- uh, all four of you the details of when he is supposed to meet this contact and where i'm really suspicious all right. of all of this by the way okay oh yeah i'm just well, along for the ride <laughs> i recognize your suspicion i'm gonna help out whenever <laughs> necessary the meeting that he is supposed to have is going to take place around six o'clock in the evening the meeting spot is directly north of the city about uh damaros you would recognize this spot he describes it as a place on the edge of the forest where there is a large rock that sticks up out of the ground in the vague shape of a fist i've met i've meditated there perfect Yes. Uh, so yes, uh, Lazy, you also incidentally know where this is, but Damaros, you know where this is as well because this is spot is only about half a mile from where you live. Ah, uh, yes, Fist Rock. Fist Rock. Yes. Fist Rock. Fist Rock. Yeah. It's got uh, its pinky and pointer finger <laughs> up as well. Just slightly, yes. <laughs> 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 The four of you make your way out of the city through the northern gate, and on your way out, no one really pays you any mind. Uh, Very chirp and lazy. Most people in the city don't really ever pay any of you mind. You're kind of known in most places. No one recognizes me. Damaros, you do get some weird stares, but no one... No one ever says anything. He does pull the hood of his uh, cloak back up so that it mostly hides his horns again. As the four of you get outside the city, as you make your way through the outer walls, 
in front of you can see coming through the northern gate the sun is about i'd say about three quarters of the way down um and the sky is turning a beautiful bright red at the horizon and the path that leads north to this fist rock is really not that far from the gate it's only about a quarter of a mile so you can see this rock sitting a little bit up on the hill ahead of you and as the four of you walk out towards it you notice that there is kind of a odd silence as you're coming through the fields this is odd there's there's no sounds of any insects or animals that you can really detect is chirp chirping right now no animals. are you nervously chirping <laughs> maybe i'm just doing the typical like um night noises or like dusk noises that birds make <laughs> to, to fill in this uncomfortable silence yes, i'm making you know imitating some of the birds around us Maybe I do that when I'm nervous. <laughs> the silence leaves Damaros very on edge because he lives out here and he is used to the normal uh, cacophony of, of insect and animal noises. Uh, I'm still grumbling about Penny. So as the four of you arrive at the rock, the sun is just about to the point where... Right. As the sun is starting to set... The four of you have kind of found places to, to chill around this rock. And that that silence has, has <clears throat> that silence has not gone away. So it's very easy for the four of you to hear footsteps approaching from the woods coming at the back of the rock. And as the four of you stand up to kind of see what's going on, a dwarven man walks out from the woods. His head is completely shaved. He has no beard. Uh, <laughs> he is completely shaved. And he says, he looks at the four of you and says, Who are all you? Who are you? Hi, I'm Barry. Hello, Barry. Uh, no, I'll be the one asking. I'm looking for Sevos. Damaros, uh, Damaros lets his tail come loose and, and starts to ring it again. And he, uh, he says, I've, I've come instead of Stevos. As soon as this man sees your tail unfurl, he kind of takes about you know, a, a step, half step backwards and almost drops to a knee before catching himself and standing back up and looking at you directly in the eyes and saying, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. Se you said Sevo sent you? Can I? What? Okay. Well, I forgot. Um, oh, we're supposed to go into the woods. Okay. Let's go into the woods. I, I we have to go look at something now. Yes. You're not creepy at all. Let's go. Come friends. You're all friends. We are all friends now, yeah, yes? Yeah, we're, fr we're friends. No. Yeah, Sevo sent all of us. This dwarf... Sorry, Damaros is very taken aback by this um, this change in the man's demeanor, but he's he's willing to just follow this man. So, this man is like, well, we, we can be friends, don't worry. Uh, I want to do a you, you all know to see like, if I can tell if he's making something up about what we're going to see right now. Okay. 15. <laughs> you notice that this man, a very weird, weird. small change has uh, come over this man, but now he seems... Huge he, he seems genuine about wanting to be friends. It's <laughs> about all you can tell. <laughs> um, <laughs> he says, okay, please, follow me into the woods now. 
That's a wrap, people.